Oh, always hard to know how to begin. Um, all right, so I was at a conference recently where there was a lot of talk about thin places, thin space, thin places. How do they call it again? Thin places. This was uh, a group that uh, really was trying to use that old Celtic idea to describe well, some of the things that they were doing, some of the things that they were trying to realize. Thin Place is basically a place in this world where God has repeatedly met certain people. And, and the idea is that you can go there when those other people aren't there, and it will still retain that same character. Well, basically what the thinness is, is God's presence, but what I wonder about is all those other places that aren't thin. Are we able to discover God's presence there and how? Everybody. Welcome to the Sanctus Forum. I am Michael Stewart Robb, better known as Mike, and I'm traveling, so I'm outside doing a different kind of video where my hands are cold. This is Conspiracy Commentaries, talking about Dallas Willard and his book, The Divine Conspiracy. And I just want to remind you here at the beginning that the Sanctus Institute puts out an almost monthly newsletter, almost monthly because I write it and I write it when I have the chance to write it. And that is an excellent way for you to keep in touch with us as well as to know how to pray for us and what we're doing in Europe. So go over to sanctus.institute, find that newsletter, sign up, and sign up. Well, today we are in a section here called the myth of empty space. Yeah, right here for me. And the myth of empty space is a naturalistic myth. It's this sort of idea that wherever we are, um, all there is there to be found is matter, if at all. I mean, if you go up into outer space, apparently there's no matter, and so you find nothing. Nada. Nothing. Well, Dallas, um, gonna say no, that's a, that's a myth. There's no evidence whatsoever for that. Um, he calls it at one point, uh, baseless images without scientific validation of any sort. Now, I want to zoom out for a moment because Dallas in this chapter, chapter three, has been um, talking a lot about space. Uh, so we've had the beginning about God being joy and what his life is really like. And then we have a lot about the heavens. And now we're in this section called Space Inhabited by God. It's really dealing a lot with uh, God. Who is God? What is he actually like? And I just want to point out that this book is, um, is a fairly deep teaching about God. It may not sort of seem like it's a book on God, but... Um, Dallas is really dealing with who God is throughout this book, and it's in a creative way in which he is really trying to bring the belief in God, the nature of God, into our reality, into our life, so that we have 
a better understanding of how to deal with God. But this chapter, I think it's very interesting. It's omnipresence that Dallas wants to sort of teach us about. Now, if you think about it, if you've read this book before, you know that omnipotence is also something that he's dealing with, God's power, his power over everything, as well as God's omniscience is another thing that's coming up in this book. Um, these are called perfections of God. There's other ones you can mention, such as God's eternality. But um, just think about this book as a book about God. And this section, really he's trying to nail or zoom in on this idea of omnipresence um, because he thinks it's so important for Jesus' gospel. And he says that here right at the beginning, this, that is, that space is anything but empty. This is central to the understanding of Jesus. So I think what he means by that is what he, how he titles the whole chapter, What Jesus Knew. So he means not um, our understanding of Jesus, but the understanding that Jesus himself had. It's, understand, it's, it's central to that because it's central to Jesus' main message, which he says is the understanding of the rule of God from the heavens, which is his kingdom among us. See, Dallas really wants to point out that God's kingdom is available wherever you are and whenever you are. All places are potentially thin. And in order to do that, he has to explain that, you know, God is already there. God is right there where you are. Now, here's the interesting thing. You can imagine that God could be present everywhere. He could be there and invisible as he is or potentially visible from time to time, but that his kingdom wasn't available to us. See, that's the gospel part. The gospel part isn't just that God is here. The gospel part is that he is here and he makes his kingdom available to us. He's willing to exercise authority over the events in our world, over over our, our own lives as well. That's the gospel. But vice versa, and this is the point, it doesn't make any sense for God's kingdom to be available without him also being present wherever, wherever we are, everywhere. But of course, it's not just a matter of having a theory about God's presence, even a theory about the gospel. The, the real... Um, good part is when we actually discover God's presence. And Dallas says here that, um, you know, you don't have to travel space in order to discover the divine richness that fills all creation. That discovery comes through two things, personal seeking and spiritual reorientation. So personal seeking, we all have already dealt with that. God wants to be wanted. And spiritual reorientation means... Um, I guess that in order to have a relationship with somebody, you kind of have to be prepared for that. You kind of have to take it seriously, meaning you can't just sort of go on as you always were going on. I think spiritual reorientation perhaps refers here to, to faith, which is the beginning of our moral life, our Christian moral life, uh, or it refers to regeneration, which is more or less the same thing for Dallas Willard. Um, so those two things, 
personal seeking and spiritual reorientation, as well as God's responsive act of making himself present to those ready to receive. That is what Dallas calls manifest presence. So we talk about God's omnipresence. He is everywhere, even if we... Vanna, kannst du mir zwei Minuten geben? Ja. Danke. So we talk about omnipresence, and omnipresence is sort of God's, in a sense, inability to not be present. But he might be present, and we don't actually see it. And therefore, this isn't really an act of God to make himself present, make himself seeable by us. It's not a matter of just us kind of peeling back... Um, reality and looking at God. It's a matter of God choosing to be present, and that's something that Dallas will call his manifest presence. Um, and so what that means is that these thin places are not necessarily places where we sneak up on God. They're places where God reveals himself. He chooses to reveal himself to us. And I would encourage you to Look for God in all of the places where you are, not just think that you have to go to some particular monastery or whatever it is in order to find God there. And that might help, um, but it would be much more valuable for you if you discovered that God is with you somewhere where you normally are. Thanks for watching, everybody. Remember to subscribe to this channel. Check out the newsletter, Sanctus.Institute. I'll see you next time. Bye.